So I was sitting in bed yeah. on Sunday morning. Obviously. And yeah, and uh Claire um was reading her, her sort of Bible notes as so she gets emailed to her every oh, yeah. day. Nice. I don't know who who from. And um and she start she suddenly started laughing. Right? Okay. I said, Why why are you laughing? She said, It's this discussion question. Apparently the the, the topic of the little devotional was the second coming um, of Jesus. And and the question went like this. He said, "Um, close your eyes and imagine what the second coming of Jesus might look like in your world. How does it make you feel? And then the second question was, how will it affect your week? (laughs) (laughs) And I said... I said, I don't know you about you, but I probably wouldn't go into work that day. I yeah, yeah, I was going to say, it depends what you're doing. I mean, if it's <laughs> right before the final of something important, you'd be very annoyed, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, I, I'll call in sick. Uh, yeah, it's the second coming, boss. I, I can't make it. And there's no buses. There's no buses. <laughs> Stupid question. Welcome everybody to episode, well we actually think it's episode 265, we just had a discussion about it and we can't quite decide really. <laughs> Nor can we be bothered to look. To be Didn't even be bothered to look it up. Because <laughs> um, nobody cares. <laughs> no, episode 265 of the Mid-Faith Crisis podcast, my name's Nick Page and there is Joe Davis. Hi! And first we have to apologise for yes, missing last week. we did! So let's let's hear it. What was your excuse? Well, I wasn't feeling well. I was I was all achy. Yeah, no, unwell. Exactly, exactly. Me too. Achy. Forty-eight hours of aching. No cold or anything. I didn't get a sore throat and all that stuff that normally goes with it. Did you get any of that gear, or was it just an acheathon? Well, yeah. I always have that kind of stuff. But no, it was just achy. It was really weird. Very tired, achy, and and it was funny that we both got it. You know, because we haven't seen each other. It's not like we've been in a room together. No, exactly. Years. Anyway. So, yes, we do apologise. We just didn't actually feel (laughs) up to it in any way, shape or form. No. Um, So we're back. We're back. And uh, actually, what's going to happen now is I think we might be another little break because you're going out to Mexico, aren't you? Well, yeah, maybe we can say something from there. I don't know. Okay. We'll see. Well, maybe. We'll see. Yes, I am going out there. Uh, Thank you. By the way... This seems a good point to say thank you to everyone who sent just nice little notes in. Really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going there tomorrow, which is Thursday in this world. But in the world of the podcast was at least two days ago. Uh, Mm. So, yeah. And I shall see my brother and see how that goes. Yeah. So let's do the uh, church notices to start with. Um, Well, it's Advent started. It has. Yeah, it's... uh, I mean, that feels like an important church notice. <laughs> it's, you know, just saying. You should be lighting your candles and doing all that. Yeah. Um, can I'm going to make a personal, uh, well, it's sort of personal, sort of professional thing. Okay. Um, I've got a book out called um, Herod's Secret Policeman. It's a children's book. Ooh. And uh, I've done it with Open Doors, who, who I do a lot of work with, as you know. Yes. Uh, and so if you're looking for a way of retelling the Christmas story uh, this Christmas to kids or any age, really, it's got a little video that goes with it. It's quite funny. Um, 
Yeah, it's, it's available from the Open Doors website. I'll put a link up. How did I not know anything about this until now? Because it's not a, it's not like a book book. It's not. It's it's you know it's something I've done with open is it, doors. Is it it's... like the scene from Nativity? Is it going to be deeply disturbing? Herod's secret policeman. Is it going to be like you know blood and guts and no children no, screaming? It's, it's, no, it's it's very different to that. It's, okay, um, good. He he's it's Herod's secret policeman. He's known as secret policeman number three, and he's got a toy sheep called Nelly. So it's a uh, it's not okay. really yeah okay. It's not really the same. It doesn't do gritty anyway, yeah. uh, but it, I think it's uh, it's rather lovely and it's a great way of retelling the Christmas story. So if you're if you're doing church services or doing kids services, you might want to check that out. Great. Well, everyone will just before we move because I know you get embarrassed anytime it's about you. But let's mm. just remember that generally speaking, you write extremely well. It's probably a very good book. If and um, and I'll put it on the Facebook page if you can be bothered to send me a link. I will do that. Thank you. Mm, thank you. Great. Um, now, in the spirit of confession, again, we won't be doing a Christmas soon. We did t- think about it, didn't we? But it's, it's mm-hmm. all griefy and fuzzy headedness and a bit silly this year. So here's the commitment we're going to make. We're going to do a new year. We're going to see in the new year with all our beloved listeners that can be bothered to show up for it. We'll do a Zoom. Uh, Do you want to remind people when New Year is again? Yes, March the 25th. We established this earlier this year. It's a much more sensible time. Look, if you're an animal uh, that hibernated, you'd be hibernating on the 1st of January. Mm. So it's a ridiculous time to start the New Year, March 25th, for all manner of reasons. And we've got history on our side. Uh, We have, we have. Far more sensible time. Yeah. Good. Anything else? Well, not long after New Year, on April the 18th and 19th, um, our dear friend Dave Steele and I are hosting a thing for leaders. You know, what's, uh, uh, we're going to be in Brighton. Uh, it's going to be like a donation basis. It's over two days. You're going to have to sort out your own accommodation. There's going to be loads more details to follow, but it's basically a staying defiantly thing. If you are one of the Christians who've gone through mid-faith crisis and you're, you want to stay defiantly, but you don't know how you manage your changing theology with a congregation who are perhaps uh, not changing. And how do you prepare sermons and how do you handle the Bible and how do you handle public prayer? And and how do you handle, of course, I mean, I don't really want to talk about it, but we got to talk about it because it's such a big issue, the same sex issue. And maybe you want to, as the leader of the church, want to marry people of the same sex and your church doesn't how do you deal with all those issues that are happening for you uh we want to create a space where we can explore that stuff and talk about it and encourage one another so if that's something that is of interest to you you might want to put april the 18th and 19th in your diaries and there will be more details coming after christmas excellent Mm. Well, uh, yes, we'll give you more details about that uh, nearer the time. We're like a proper church because that was the longest notice spot there's ever been. Yes, yes. And we have vacancies, obviously, on the parish council if uh, you'd like to be be the treasurer. Obviously, you have to bring a certain amount of money into it, like a dowry. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent, yeah. Um, yes, so, uh, well, let's do how are yous yes. one after, you know, bat, batter back and forth because it's been a while. It has been a while, yeah, and you were doing a talk at Southwark Cathedral, yes. so let's start there. Okay, I was doing a talk at Southwark mm. Cathedral. In fact, I did a talk at Southwark Cathedral and I met, uh, I met a listener. Hello to Peter. Thank oh, you excellent. For saying hello. 
And how many people were there? Was it 12, as you suggested, or 120, as I suggested? It, it was um, it was closer to what you suggested. Excellent. Than what I thought. So was it like a Which thousand? Which is good, because it's a big place, really. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it wasn't. No, if it, if it had been a thousand, I think I might have... Mm. Uh, fled but no it was it was uh it was good it was nice it was a nice tour i managed to remember enough about christmas i think to make it interesting i took my baubles with me i okay. um, did you know and took them out in the church oh uh, which is nice dear. even with the injunction i know i uh i even had people holding them but <laughs> Can we move on? Just to explain, just to explain, right, what I did was I put um, the number of a chapter on a, like a, you know, a bauble, Christmas tree bauble, yeah. put them in a bag and then people pulled it out. It was like church bingo. People pulled it Brilliant. out and then I would speak on whatever was in that chapter. That's genius. And then if they'd got if they got it all, they shouted full house and I gave them a, a, a cuddly toy or something. Anyway, yes, that, it went well. Thank you very much. Thank you. Good, good, good. Well, uh, that's good. And and you? Yeah, like I said, grateful for caring listeners. You you are a lovely lot. Thank you, all of you who listen. And thank you for all of you that write in with nice things and good wishes when we're not feeling well. So that was, yeah. that was really lovely. Also, um, well, um. What can I say? I mean, Bake Off seems a long time ago now. I mean, that is that is really yesteryear's news. But mm. I thought a very satisfying final for a change. Did you? Um, yes, mm. I did. I was quite happy with the result. That's all I'm saying. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, I enjoyed it. I think I do think this these sort of series are beginning to show signs of slight age, aren't they? Really? <laughs> weariness. You know, There's slight weariness. Really. Do you think it would be wrong to continue something that should have stopped, I don't know, maybe six years ago? <laughs> <laughs> Just out of interest. Hmm. Yeah, asking for a friend. Uh, no, no, I think you should keep going, actually. Keep going. Um, yeah, that was good. Now, listen, we accidentally bought a load of bulbs. Did you? Uh, have you been planting bulbs? Do you plant bulbs you in know, your garden? I don't plant bulbs. In my, well, I have done, but I, I feel no need to plant any more. Mm. Well, we we went online. Uh, oh, and and uh, we sort of said, "Oh, that looks nice. That looks nice." And anyway, so ordered them all. And uh, when I added it up, we'd ordered three hundred and forty bulbs. Um, <laughs> your garden's not very big, is it? No, now? but they're not very big bulbs, really. Oh, I mean, okay. you know, snowdrops <laughs> are quite small, but you know. Anyway, so we've been doing a lot of planting, a lot of digging. It's been very cold, but apart from that. Um, mm. And what about you? Have you been uh, enjoying Advent emails? Now that we got that out in time. Yes, we did, and it's great. Well. Yes, I have. Brian Draper, amazing. Really good stuff. Again, I just love the, the simplicity of it. I don't mean that in a patronising way. I mean that in a way that I just love that, that he gives a very simple thought and then allows the space to reflect on it. And look, how about this for a quote from, from this week's? Uh, this was This really spoke to me. It says this, When we bless the ordinary with the gift of our full attention, says author Mirabai Starr, it brims over with holy light. That's lovely, isn't it? I love that. Mm. When we bless the ordinary with a gift of our full attention, it brims over with holy light. And of course, it spoke to my theme this year, which is showing up and trying far more intentionally to be present in the present moment, um, which is something I intend to do a lot of in the next, uh, you know, 12 days uh, over mm. in Mexico. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I really love that. And uh, yeah. 
That's all I have to say. That was brilliant. Oh, great. How about you? What else is happening Christmas-wise for you? Uh, well, I d- Christmas-wise, we've got our tree up. Bought yeah, a tree. That's yeah, early. We did that at the weekend. Oh, no, we like to go early. Do you? Uh, yeah, yeah. 1st of December, get the tree up. I never used to be into it, no. actually. I used to be very grumpy about it and Scrooge-like and say, exactly. no, it doesn't go up until the Christmas Eve. Yeah. But uh, I've gradually got sort of got beaten into submission. Okay. Um, and so we, 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 we did that. But actually, I, I want to say more about hymns as my last bit of, of how okay. I am. Because I've been singing some hymns again. Okay. Have you? And um, yes. And or in the shower or at church? No, no. In in various religious assemblies. Okay. Um, and I crown him with many crowns, which I've talked about before. We did a few weeks we had a ago. Lovely. You talk- remember? Yeah, I do remember the rolling spheres. I, who well, could forget? Who, yes, for reasons that are slightly beyond me, we sang it again on Sunday. Mm. Uh, I feel maybe the organist has got a limited repertoire. <laughs> I don't know really. <laughs> Anyway, and 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 there's some gems. It's the gift that keeps on giving that, that hymn. Because this, listen to this one. This is verse two, right? Oh gosh, I can't believe we're still talking. <laughs> no, it's a joy. Crown him the Virgin's son, the God incarnate born, whose arm those crimson trophies won, which now his brow adorn. No idea what that means. Absolutely not. I've, I've read it so many times. Still can't. Anyway, fruit. <laughs> Fruit of the mystic tree, as off that tree the stem. What? Anyway, the root whence flows thy mercy free, the babe of Bethlehem. Well, there you well, are. You that... know, babe of Bethlehem. <laughs> babe of Bethlehem sounds like a, a a reality TV show, doesn't it? Really, <laughs> the babe of Bethlehem. <laughs> Who will be crowned this year's babe of Bethlehem? <laughs> And then he goes on further on in, in the verse that I talked about before, you know, the rolling spheres one and the ineffably bit. He mm. goes like, so, so crowning the Lord of years, the potent time, the creator of the rolling spheres, ineffably sublime. And then he says, glassed in a sea of light. Well, I thought if you were glassed, you would. Yeah. You hit with a bottle, aren't you? <laughs> in a pub. Anyway, it's a joy. It, apparently, I've looked at it, apparently that, that hymn. Has twelve verses. Does it really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. And what they did was they they mashed a load together because if you sang the whole thing, you would actually sort of asphyxiate. You'd actually sort of you'd need a respirator to keep on going. People would. <laughs> anyway, so it's obviously written one drunken night in a pub. It was. It was. It's I'm going to write another I... verse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not done yet. So you glass me. <laughs> Anyway, uh, and and the other thing about hymns, the other day, I thought of you the other day because mm. we sang uh, that hymn, I can't remember the title of it, something to do with Fount of Something. Anyway, mm. and uh, it's the one, I nearly raised my Ebenezer in it. Did you? It's the one where well, you sing, Here I Raise My Ebenezer. Well, congratulations <laughs> for a man of your age. It's impressive. <laughs> but the funny thing was, the people leading it, they... They start. One of them started to sing that verse, and the others kept, were singing a different verse. And quite clearly, they'd had a discussion and said, "We're not singing that. That makes no sense." <laughs> and one of them accidentally sang the line. So, you know, for a moment, my Ebenezer was was ready to be raised, and then and I had to then, put it away again. <laughs> dramatically, wasn't. <laughs> 
Uh, anyway, enough of that. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. We haven't we haven't seen each other for two weeks, and this is what happens. I can only <laughs> apologise. For those of you wondering what an Ebenezer is, it's a it's an altar, I think, in the in the Old Testament, and uh, it means it, it means thus far the Lord has been good to me, or something. Which which isn't much of an altar, is it? It's kind of like it's it's, it's been all right so far. It's done all right yeah. so far, but you know. I mean, we're not going to go sacrificing anything significant, but <laughs> no. it's going. But it's, it's going, going okay. okay. Here's an Ebenezer. <laughs> anyway, there we go. Okay, so shall I do some feedback? Shall I? I mean, yeah, there's not much. We got any? Well, not really. Um, nice to hear from Kay, who said she's been a reluctant convert to the podcast. I quite like that, reluctant. Hmm. And that is because I, I, I believe that a partner made her listen to it and she thought, oh, no. Um, but no, she's uh, she's come round. So there you go. That's good. Excellent. Yeah, well, welcome, Kay. And Amy. Ah, now Amy said this. She says, earlier today, I went to the London premiere screening of 1946, uh, the mistranslation that shifted culture. And she said, I don't know if you've heard anything or it's been mentioned on the podcast, but having seen it, I want to share what a moving and thought provoking documentary it is. And she also thought we might want to interview some of the team who made it. But this is this is this is 1946 when they translated a word of the Bible as homosexual, which is a word that is not in the original Hebrew, but that's how oh, okay. translators chose to translate it and just how that has shifted culture. Um, oh, wow. I didn't so, know that. Mm, Sounds interesting. It is. It, I think it is very interesting. I read a great review of it. So, yeah. Okay. There we are. That's one for the future. Hmm. And then I think we thought we'd just ponder for a bit, didn't we? Um, yeah. I don't know how this is going to go, but we give it a go. Um, well, story of the podcast, that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Well, it, Here's what I've been thinking about. I've been thinking about a few things. Yeah. Um, one of the things I've been thinking about is the idea of leaving and moving. Oh, yeah. Leaving and returning. Because yeah. in, in, in the Ebenezer hymn, yes. um, oh, it's uh, the hymn is uh, come, come thou fount of every blessing. Okay. Right. Um, just a correction. Um, <laughs> and there's quite a lot in there about wandering. And I was just, as I was singing it, I was thinking, you know, about you know dangers of wandering away. Jesus sought me when a stranger wandering from the fold of God, and and prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Um, you know, as if wandering mm. is the worst possible thing that you can do. Yeah, you don't want to be a wanderer. No, um, but recently I've kind of been thinking about spiritual formation as 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 doing quite a lot of wandering, really, mm. and um, a lot about leaving. And moving, and sometimes, sometimes returning to where you were, and sometimes moving to somewhere else. And it seemed to me that actually, you know, churches that just want people to stay, mm. or any com Christian community just wants people to stay where they mm. are, wants to get them in, and then and then lock the doors, and that's it. <laughs> you know, stay where you are. Yeah, I don't think that's really what the Christian life is is about. Mm. I think it is about movement and yeah. going places. And it's always struck me how much in the Gospels Jesus just invites people into movement the whole time. He just calls people out. He's always walking somewhere and walking yeah. and teaching, always going somewhere. People have to leave where they were, go with him, and then presumably return to where they yeah. came from or, or perhaps end up somewhere else. Um, yeah, so I, I just think about that. So when people sort of 
write in or you know talk about we've often had things mm. people asking should i leave yeah. or whatever you know it may well be that's you know precisely what you should do because that's the only way to actually yeah. grow to change yes no i like it and also i think what i like about that is you know your wanderings are your wanderings i mean I, yeah i think we all like to feel we're not alone like should i stay or should i go and and the answer to that question is well it depends you know it's on you it's on you for me it was right to sort of step outside institutional church for you it hasn't been that that has been your path i have had my path and it's okay mm. and it depends on lots of lots of different factors doesn't it um you know sometimes people have been so damaged by church that the, actually the only right thing to do is to is to leave it um you, you know god's not going to be angry <laughs> that's all right God's on your side, um, but for others it might be, and that's that's why I like the name of the thing that I, we're doing with Dave, which we stole from Brian McLaren's book, "Staying Defiantly." There's that sense of actually some of us are called to stay within the structures, to actually be a quite subversive contingent for change. But we need encouragement, we need support, we need that, and we're doing it not out of anger, hopefully, but out of love for the church. Um, and that's a great thing and a great calling, but not everyone's called to that. And, well, I, I think the thing is, I I don't think it's, I, I think you can leave even though you've stayed in a way that sounds sort of yeah. wrong. But, but I think there's certain things that I have left. Yeah. You know, I'm still within the church, but actually there's a whole set of beliefs that I have moved away from. Yeah. And so I think even those of us who choose to stay in mid-faith crisis, we've, we've left for a while and returned or we've left and yeah and and we've moved to a different place in some areas of our life theologically or or, or spiritually or whatever and and does it also depend on whether your home is still welcoming to you now you have changed yeah that's that's a very good point i think that's the thing can you still be accommodated there and that is difficult because people yeah. often assume that you're the same person don't they they yeah. they uh, i've talked about this before as an author people assume you're the same person you were when you wrote a book 20 years ago or something yeah you know and, and and you've changed completely yeah so um i think people like people don't like change really um mm. but actually you know all life is change isn't it we're always moving home we're always um in the process somewhere of moving or we should be otherwise we're just going to stagnate really yeah no um, i agree completely yeah well that's a good pondering Okay, well, I've, you. I've got a theological pondering, and it really is a pondering. Mm. Um, and I realise that what I'm about to say then creates a lot of other questions. But, you know, this time of year is Christmas, and we're celebrating the incarnation of God. We're celebrating, in sort of orthodox beliefs, God becoming a man in the person of Jesus of Nazareth. Okay, so here's my here's my theological question for you. And it isn't a theological question just for the sake of, you know, pondering theology and, you know, passing the time. Because I think it does change everything. And my question is this. Is God ever unincarnate? I mean, isn't she always incarnate in some form or another, whether that is in the form of a mountain or an animal? or a human being, or a star, or mm. dark matter, or something, you know, so, 
So does God exist outside of incarnation as a, I know, blob, spirit, something? Or is God always actually? Does spirit and matter, I suppose, asking, doesn't it always belong together? Does it, does it ever exist apart from each other? Discuss. <laughs> well, that's all we've got time for this week. Thank you. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, <laughs> no, I just wondered because because it it seems to me it's I can't get my head around God being anything other than God, and that's why I think we always need metaphors because we need metaphors of God's like a father or God is you know we we need to sort of something we can hang it all on. Mm. But I do wonder sometimes whether there's any you know outs whether all there is is God. Well, as we've said many times, you know, whether all there is actually is God in different incarnations. Hmm. Well, it's a fascinating question. I don't actually feel I'm qualified <laughs> to, to answer it. The, the Bible sort of depicts at least different regions. So, you know, the idea mm. of the heavenly realms is a realm where God is yeah. and we aren't. Yeah. Um, and it's alongside ours. It's not over and above. It's not, you know, this. That's how they imagined it, but it's not the case. You know, it's a, it's it's another mm. dimension, as it were, of reality. Um, but of course, yes, God is, God is everywhere. In Christ, we live and move and have our being. Um, but when, and also, when the Bible was written, there was a clear cosmology of God's up there. This is, you know, and then there's the heavenly realm, and then there's us, and then there's the devil down below, and everything. And we don't have that cosmology more. And also, the Bible doesn't talk about consciousness, whereas modern people tend to talk about consciousness. So we might ponder on a podcast like this, you know, well, is conscious eternal? consciousness eternal mm. you know does that go on does that just pass through our human manifestation and belong to a larger consciousness in the universe you know we can have all those conversations but it's just it's nice having the freedom to explore this stuff now and i think as 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 we've said before what's important about incarnation for me now has changed um over the years you know before it was oh okay god came in the person of Jesus and Jesus was an exclusive product. Jesus was the only the only time we've ever seen humanity and divinity perfectly formed. Whereas I wouldn't personally think that anymore. I think you know, to talk about humanity is to talk about divinity. You you cannot separate those two things. And what you have in Jesus is someone who recognized that and spoke about it. And demonstrated what it would be like for for us to live in perfect humanity with uh, in perfect harmony with our humanity as divine beings. That's that's pretty much how I see it. I think I've probably said okay. that very very clumsily. Um, well, I, I think you're increasingly sort of seeing, uh, I suppose, Jesus as a man. Hmm. open to god or as a man yeah. who who sort of becomes god as it were rather than the way i would see him, which is god becoming man yeah it, that sounds like you're picking i'm picking hairs but but do you pick hairs you split hairs don't you i think you, I think you split them generally although you can pick what them do you... when particularly when you have long nasal hairs yeah thank I mean, you yeah. picking is the it's only quite, way forward it's quite painful as well um i the incarnate obviously means in flesh 
Hmm. You know, that's where the word comes from, from the Latin carne. So I think it does have a specific meaning in terms of Jesus's uh, embodiment, you know, within a human human body. So perhaps what you're talking about in terms of the presence of God in creation is what I think might be called imminence, you know, as opposed to transcendence. Transcendence means moving above, imminence means being within. Um, So God is certainly imminent. But <laughs> we're back to the second coming. Uh, <laughs> immanent. Um, okay. Anyway, um, I, it's a, it's a difficult one because I I want to kind of I think God is in everyone. You know, that's the Quaker yeah. belief. Yeah, the inner absolutely. light. The inner light. Yeah. But there are also bits of everyone that aren't at all godlike, and therefore you'd want to kind of draw a distinction there between those activities that that have been away from that yeah and i think that because of that fact i think people have been then started to invent doctrines that say well no we are clearly created because we're not good and you know god is good so we can't possibly be a manifestation of the divine because look at us look how sinful we are look how rotten we are Mm. and then that leads us all the way down to you know blooming uh, doctrines that we cannot abide about original sin and stuff like that but well, I think there's a, a nuanced way of holding holding our divinity and humanity together and saying, yeah, there's absolute freedom to live live in such a way that really contradicts our divinity and it really, uh, you know, doesn't manifest it at all. And there's a way to live that totally enhances our divinity. And that would be to live in the way of Christ, if you're a Christian. Well, I think it's... It's being the body of Christ, perhaps a way through for Christians anyway, of this is to is to understand that we are the body of Christ. Mm. You know, that we are uh, in that sense, an incarnation uh, again doesn't mean that I am like Christ in all those the ways that he was Christ like. But I'm trying to get there, yeah. you know, and that's one of the stunning things about the New Testament, about particularly about the the letters that when you when you really read what they're saying. You know, yeah. Paul is saying we can think like Christ. We can have the mind of Christ. Yeah. It doesn't. He doesn't mean we can, you know, suddenly get in touch like you know, mind reading with mm. Christ. It means we can learn to actually yeah. think no, in that it. way. I, and and I really love what you just said there, because you know, for me at this time of year, um, as we said before, the nativity stories with shepherds and everything and stars and kings and all that sort of thing, it leaves me a bit cold, if I'm honest. But for me, the really important thing in those narratives are that the incarnation means we are called to be like Christ. We, mm. you know, The best thing we can do this year is to bring more love into the world. The world needs love and and God is love. So we can be conduits. We can be Christians, whatever you want to call it. We can, we can, we can be conduits of the love of God to the world around us, and that's what I spend most of my time at Christmas thinking about now. So you know, before that, it was very compartmentalized. There's like this religious side to Christmas, but now I've got to go and put the turkey on. Mm. Now I've got to cook this dinner. Now I've got to think how we're going to put everyone up in the house. Now I've got a million and one things to do, and I'm rushing around like you know. A blue bottom fly and you know it's just crazy and oh i've got a i've got a sandwich in church into this because i know it's a bit of a religious festival and somehow i've got to make the link now i don't think that there's no there's no separation of things it's like this is this is a, a wonderful time of year it's a time 
you know, for us in in Britain, where it's dark and everything, and you're sort of anticipating the longer days and the light and all that sort of thing. And it's a time when we can remind ourselves that it, God wants to be incarnate in us mm. and we can be conduits of love to the world. And who can I bring love to this Christmas? And what does that mean? And actually, for a lot of us, it means serving up a lovely Christmas dinner to people we care about and maybe to people we don't care about as well. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I I think that's the only way I can really look at it. Really, I don't oh. know about all the imminence and and all that kind of <laughs> uh, the stuff. It does my head in. But I think, um, you know, one one is trying to be a home for Christ. You know, be a stable. Or, yeah, that's know, lovely. It, yeah, it, this Christmas, one's hope, one's trying to do. Yeah. That. Um, yeah, I I I mean, Advent I kind of gets makes you kind of think about these mm. these things really. Um, and you're right about the darkness, and you're right about all that. We've it's it's pretty driving back here to our our house this year through through very dark country roads is <laughs> yeah, really does it's an eye opening experience, especially yeah. since some of them are flooded at the moment. So you find yourself going through them and Gosh. thinking, oh, yeah. I really hope my car doesn't stall. But um, yeah, it, I think I was thinking about it the other day because what what can we therefore take out of Advent? What what do we really mm. understand by it? And maybe it's linked with that thing right at the beginning, you know, about the second coming, in that what Advent is for me, I think, is it's hope. Mm. It's um it's the idea that things actually can change, that things will not endlessly spiral down into mm. into ruin. You know, for the Israelites, you know, for, for the Judeans particularly living under under Rome, you know, that was the idea of the Messiah was that actually things would change, something would alter, and they wouldn't be forever under the heel. You know, they that it was sort of misunderstood, but but it, but I think that that is the big thing. What what happens at Christmas that changes our understanding of history because it it means that things don't have to carry on descending into darkness mm. the whole time. Thing something can break in and change the tra trajectory of it, um, mm. and so. You know, I I think that's why it's the church's new year. I think that's why, the, liturgical speaking, it's the new year because it's a new start. It's starting again. It's it's kind of changing things really. So I agree with what you were saying sort of about darkness and all that kind of stuff. And I think it's more than ever this year. It seems to me that mm. you know we've been assailed by the powers of darkness, and we need to understand that you know there's light. Mm. There is a star. There is a different way of 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 living. There is hope. That's what Advent's all about. I, I, I really I really love what you're saying. I think it's great. And 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 I think you know, enjoy this Advent season if you're able to and ponder all those things. Now listen, um I'm sure there are far more intelligent people than I listening to this podcast for some strange reason, but uh, if you are one of them, let us know about incarnation and how you see things and why I'd love to hear from people why is why is Christmas still important for you? Post mid faith crisis. What does this mean now? And if it doesn't feel important to you, why perhaps could it feel important to you now? What's what's there for you? What resonates? What really touches your deepest, truest self at this time? I'd love to hear that. Send a, an email to joe at midfacecrisis.org. That'd be brilliant. Well, um, thank you very much for listening. Yes. <laughs> Do you think anyone has? 
Well, they 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 probably started out that way, and then you know they they yeah, st- they come for the innuendo, and then they go <laughs> really. Um, and thank you to all those who support the podcast. Thank you to everyone who says hello. You know, as you, yeah. you were saying, Joe, about people asking oh, uh, people yeah. sort of messaging you. People have been asking me about you and about your brother and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So, and I've said, thank look, you. I don't care. It's nothing to do with me. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just work with him. Um, no, you know, people have been asking that. Yeah. And um, so you're all lovely people. Thank you, you for those Thank who you. support the podcast. That's very uh, nice of you, very kind. I mean, how incredible that is. I mean, I know we bang on about this, but how amazing that two old blokes just trying to make sense of faith now, just trying to make sense of their Christian heritage and everything, and and has, has ended up with people actually listening and, and even some giving. And that is so wonderful. Thank you and bless you so much. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We really appreciate it. Yeah, and as as Joe was saying, you know, um, try and be love this Christmas, as as it says in the Bible. Uh, what the world needs now is love, is love sweet, love. sweet love. It's the only thing there's just too little of. Although I think there's a shortage of tomatoes as well. So I think <laughs> technically that song's not correct. So yeah, let's go from here and and try and. Uh, show the love of Christ and maybe even raise our Ebenezer's a notch or two. Um, although be careful because it's cold out there. <laughs> and try not to draw too much attention to yourself. You could, you could have someone's eye out with that. 